Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 122 of the Hooper's Log. Yes, my name is Simo Buckets, and it is hump day, hump day here in the playoffs. Day four of the post, actually day five of the postseason, realistically. And last night was a dud. We'll talk about those games in a little bit, obviously, from Tuesday night. Wednesday, clearly the action's already underway. Um, the, the Heat just went on a massive run just a moment ago. They just went on a 7-0 run after it was tied 47-47. They're up 54-47 to with about three minutes left in the first half. Uh, that game is being played at a very, very high level right now. We'll also talk about that here in a little bit. I know Andrew, my guy, is excited for game two tonight between the Pistons and Cavs. He is here with me on the show. Andrew, I know you're pumped, but we're going to fly through this show. It's only going to be 20 minutes at the max. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm doing Awesome. I get to see my favorite baseball series in Detroit versus Kansas City. But, uh, you know, I don't know how much I'll be able to watch it because my Pistons are taking on LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers game two after an amazing game one, man. Amazing game one. I couldn't have asked for yeah. more. I, no, I thought the two games in the queue were going to be ugly, but they played with as much, if not more, heart than I've seen all season. They were in playoff mode, and they're not scared of the moment. Good Four out of the five starters have never played a playoff game, and the Cavs didn't take the lead until there was like a minute left. Okay, this team yeah. is ready for the big time in the coming years. Uh, you know they're not going to win this series, but if they can put up another effort like they did on Saturday, watch out. And I agree with you. And I, and I was that, that was kind of the down the downside of Monday's show. We didn't get you on. But I, I wanted, I really wanted to talk to you about that game one, and and I was like I said on the show that was outside of the Hawks and Celtics game, and obviously that game was really all the way down to the wire. This game was too, but this game had the drama and the amplified level of, and and I watched the first half of that ball game in the Pistons. You would have thought if you took the records off the team's backs, and you would have thought that the eighth and the one seed were flipped. You would have thought the Pistons were the team that were going to come out and dominate this series. They looked unbelievable in the first half, and obviously in the second half, they held their own court those first three quarters. Like you said, having the lead up until about the fourth quarter, um, realistically dominating that ballgame, shooting very well from the field. I mean, again, I'm more than pumped to watch that game tonight as well. Obviously, game two there. Game two obviously going on right now between the Heat and and Hornets right now on NBA TV. Three games tonight on the docket, but we're going to talk about last night's game, a couple of other a couple of other games, um, a couple of other breaking news stories today, obviously. 
Steph Curry saying some things and, and what's going on in Minnesota. Are you ready to get it going, Andrew? Let's do it. Episode 122 on CLNS Radio. The phone number in the Seat Geek Studios is 323-642-1558. Kevin Hart, where are you at? Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Again, if you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so. 323-642-1558. We're going to fly through this show a little bit today. Again, if you'd like to call in, we'd love to get you on the air. And if you are on the air, we'd love to hear your voice and, and hear what you have to say about the playoffs and any of the other news today in basketball. And we'll talk about it here in a moment. But last night, real quick, before we get to those news stories uh, in the NBA from Tuesday in the NBA, two games that were on and two real dud fests. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks absolutely dominated the Celtics, and the first quarter was really all you needed to know as the Hawks went up 24-3 to to begin the ball game. Kyle Korver absolutely lighting it up from the field. He was dominant in the first half, in the first quarter especially, and that was really where the ball game was decided. Look, if you watch this game all the way through, I really feel bad for you. I, I never got to watch this game. I was doing my show, and I also went on a long run, and I was busy, and, and it was just busy. life was busy. Um, but I did tune into the Spurs-Grizzlies game. Um, but honestly, between the Celtics and Hawks, 89-72, the Hawks get the victory. They're now up 2 nothing. I was reading a lot of the CLNS tweets from last night in the postgame show. Everyone's kind of freaking out. From the perspective of having any kind of chance between the Hawks and Celtics, it looks like it's gone out the window. 2-0 lead. I know it's only two games in. Most teams usually figure them, figured themselves out when it comes to adjustments by about game three. But if Atlanta plays anything like this going back to Boston, write it up. The Celtics will not win a game this year. But again, the Celtics have everything you want as an organization. They just don't have any firepower come postseason time. What was your take on this game, Andrew, before we move on to the next one? Yeah, I mean, and the Avery Bradley injury obviously is so hugely important to the team. Uh, Because, I mean, now you're asking Terry Rozier to play major minutes in a playoff series, and that's just not going to work. He he had to play 24 minutes last night. He played well, but, I mean, honestly, in in a series, it's not going to work. On top of that, Avery Bradley's shooting ability takes a lot of pressure off of Isaiah Thomas. With Marcus Smart, who went one for 11 from the field, they were able to focus almost solely on Isaiah Thomas, which really, really made it hard. Um, for Boston to get anything going, I mean, look at this starting lineup. You had two guys in, or let's two guys in Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart shoot two for twenty from the field. Add Isaiah Thomas to that, six for thirty-five. I mean, that's three wow. out of five starters shooting six for thirty-five. Your most important three starters at that. Um, you know, and you had all that in, and honestly, they only lost by seventeen. It could have been a lot, a lot uglier. Oh yeah. Um, for a playoff low, a hit, the lowest amount of points scored in a playoff quarter of seven, seven points in the first quarter of this game. Never scored more than twenty six. Um, you know, in twenty six was five points. They they had an eighteen point quarter, twenty one point quarter. Um, and Atlanta had a bad game. Okay, they didn't play great offensively, and they no. won by seventeen. Uh. You know, I, I think this series is probably over, uh, barring some miraculous play by uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas, and, and that you don't want to count out a team coached by Brad Stevens, who, by the way, is now 0-6 in, in his playoff career. Obviously played the Cavs last year. Avery Bradley's injured this right. a couple of years, you know, bad luck. But he's a great coach, a guy who you don't really want to – you don't really want to mess with in the playoffs. So the Hawks should, the Hawks should really – play game three like it's a winner go home game you don't lose if you go out three nothing no team in nba history 
has ever come back from down 3 nothing. It's happened in baseball. It's happened in hockey. It has never happened in the NBA. Okay? So, let's uh, – they, they should go out. They should win game three, kind of give themselves uh, – uh, you know, take the pressure off of themselves for the rest of the year. Well, and everybody knows that, you know, the Celtics, especially here on CLNS Radio through Boston Programming, everybody knows that the Celtics have really maximized what they can do. And we said that before the year. This team max, maxed out can win near 50. They're not going to win 50, but they can get near it. But come postseason time, they don't have the firepower. Look, they, they, they have really good chemistry, really good team. They fit the system in the regular season, but come postseason time with the way the refs call the game, which is more realistic, this team doesn't stand a chance against a team like the Hawks, who has who have more size than the Celtics. That's just how it is. They just do. I mean, Al Horford and Paul Millsap, they can do what they want. I mean, and then if, if you add on top of it a guy like Paul Corver shooting from the from lights out from the outside, it's over. I mean, there's no chance at that point. It doesn't matter if you have A.B. Bradley or not. Um, this, this Celtics team, again, it, it looks like they've just hit their ceiling. They've hit their wall at this point, and I said it. They just need a guy like Kevin Durant. Hassan Whiteside, I know Hassan Whiteside wouldn't really cure all their problems, obviously, but he would definitely help from the standpoint of grabbing boards down low and having some size on that team um, and, and have some actual, you know, a, a chance. Um, but KD or someone of that nature who could score, DeMar DeRozan, someone who can come in there and just get the ball in the hoop and someone who could be a go-to guy to get the ball to the side, it would be unbelievable. We have breaking news. What's up? We have fantastic breaking news. Um, ESPN has fired the ultimate Kurt Schilling, um, made some comments about wow. transgenders and, and, and you know, all that nonsense. He, his, his terrible opinions that he just can't seem to keep to himself. They have fired yeah. him. Uh, so it, it, it is a happy day for the part of America that enjoys everybody to be equal and everybody to have the same rights. Um, kind of right. sad we're still fighting for all this stuff in 2016. But ESPN has fired their analysts. Kurt Schilling, um, I thought it's a, I, I think that's a pretty big story and a pretty pretty important thing, um, showing yeah. that ESPN will not stand for for bigotry um, or, or anything of that sort. Well, and the thing with Kurt Schilling is, and again, we're just gonna get, we're gonna get back to the basketball here in a moment. But the thing about Kurt Schilling is, is I, I really do respect his tenacity and his and his intensity but the problem is, is there's a there is a line and the guy crosses it multiple times he doesn't seem to have very much social awareness when it comes to some of the things he says just in general not just from that perspective but just in general and that is totally fine when you're in the when you're in the nature of the competition and when you're playing in the middle of you know professional sports that's totally fine but when you go into the media outlet you can't come in and have that opinion and have that 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 say you can't just say what's on your mind all the time all the time now you know you got guys like you got guys like pete rose you got guys like uh like charles barkley you got these kind of characters out there who can say what they want but they also know the line and they're and they're very brotherly with the line kurt schilling is never i don't care who you are you you always know that kurt schilling has never had that brotherly feel to him it's always that me against the world i don't care what you are and i don't care and i don't care that you don't care who i am like He's always been that way, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but he doesn't have much of a line to stand on. So good. I guess that's, that is very good from a progressive perspective. Uh, it is sad because obviously the guy has battled cancer, um, and he's going through a lot in his life outside of life. He'll find a job. He's going to be fine, but, but it, is, it, it is good from the progressive perspective. 
knowing that he's out of the media circus. And it, and it makes the media more friendly now at ESPN, knowing that he's stepping away or being uh, let go from his uh, microphone duties. The other game in the NBA, uh, Andrew, anything else you want to say on that before we move on? Well, yeah, no. And, and you know, I, I said this the wrong way, but having cancer does not allow you to be no. uh, a bigot, uh, 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 a person who spews hate towards people who – maybe because of their religious views. And I'm okay with religious views. I'm okay, I'm okay with things of that sort. Sure. But we work for a national company that had a national media company that is, you know, a billion dollar company. Um, first of all, you have to be an idiot to say these kind of things and not expect repercussions. Right. Second of all, you have to right. be an idiot to say these kind of things, period. Um, and I, I just, I just think, I think it's a very good day for ESPN, a uh, very good day for, for you know, a, a company that to make a stand against something like that. Well, and another thing too is, I mean, you got guys like Craig Sager who you know who have gone through the amount of you know uh, tough times that they've gone through, and the guy's done nothing but try and stay classy. Not that he's already been classy, but you know, just to stay front. So I agree with you again. Even if Craig Sager had that kind of mentality, it'd be the same kind of a, a agenda and, and deal. And so you're right. Good for ESPN to, to to put their foot down and say no, we don't appreciate this kind of uh, behavior. Uh, on our outlet of media market. The other game from last night in the NBA, uh, the Spurs beating the Grizzlies 94-68. to 68. Uh, This game uh, was a lot like the, the Celtics and Hawks game, except the Spurs. And this is the one thing as a Spurs fan and Spurs fans, if you don't understand and don't see it, you're, you're blind. This team is not playing very good basketball. Look, I don't care who you are. This San Antonio Spurs team should win games like this. They should beat the Grizzlies by 30. They should be doing what they're doing, and they shouldn't allow the Grizzlies to score 70 points. It's that simple. This is what's supposed to happen. The problem I have as a Spurs fan, and as an objective fan too, is look at this Spurs team. 22 points in the first quarter. You should be lighting up the Grizzlies for 30 points every single quarter against a team like this. All they have is Zach Randolph. I know they have Tony Allen, but Tony Allen is not the same player. He's not healthy. He's not, he's not as good as he once was. Definitely not. Um, and also a guy like Lance Stevenson is, very, is a gnat on the floor. He's tough to deal with. I get it. Zach Randolph's a little tough inside. But this Spurs team should be going off for 25 at a minimum per quarter and to only score 22 in the first and start off slow and then in the second just barely keep pace with the Grizzlies and then only score 21 in the third. That is not acceptable. This team needs to be blowing out the Grizzlies, scoring at least 100 points a game from the standpoint of getting off to hot starts and playing good basketball. If they play this way going forward, the Thunder may beat this team. And that's not a stretch. They're supposed to beat the Grizzlies by 30. It's supposed to be that way. But for them to get off the slow starts the way they've played against the Grizzlies, it's concerning. I'm not concerned from the standpoint of this series, obviously. But it, but it is concerning from the standpoint of these slow starts early on in ballgames. What, what was your take from this ballgame last night? The Spurs get the victory 94-68, Andrew. Well, I was just going to say real quick, Andre Drummond almost just murdered Tristan Thompson. He just stole out <laughs> Jackson. He backed him down. He went up for a massive dunk. He got fouled and he missed it, so he'll probably miss both free throws. But he almost murdered him. Uh, no, you're right. Um now, do I think the scoring output's a concern? No, because the Grizzlies are still putting, in most rotations, five good defenders out the floor. Um, sure. There are a bunch of guys who can't shoot a basketball, who can't score a basketball, who probably can't even dribble a basketball, and Andre German just banks in a free throw, but, hey, it counts. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, can't, they can't do anything offensively, so the Spurs should be holding them to 75 points a game. But, 
you know, if they don't score 100, 110 points a game, I don't think that's a big deal. These Grizzly players play with all the intensity in the world. Uh, they they do they do a lot. I mean, they do a lot of the little things on defense. They like you said, they're like a gnat. They just pester you. They annoy you. They're in your face. They're yelling at you. They're and I mean this in the nice in a good way. I know it's going to sound weird, but I, they're ignorant on a basketball court. They don't play right, like right. they're working. Their mindset is they're going to beat you. It's, it's kind of how the Pistons are playing the Cavs right now, and they're so young that they're ignorant to the fact that they're probably going to, you know, lose in five or get thing. And I sometimes, you know, the, the Spurs aren't as focused right now as they will become Thunder. That's human nature. True. When you're playing a team as depleted as, as the Grizzlies are, you're just not going to care as much. Um, and they don't have to. Uh, it's I mean, you heard what the TNT crew said. The TNT crew said if they went out there, they could beat the Grizzlies. That's probably not, but you know, it's it, the, the Grizzlies are uh, a, a bottom five team type roster who made it to the playoffs. All their players are hurt, obviously, but the current roster is bottom five in, in the league, and they're playing one of the best teams to ever step foot on a basketball court right now. So, um, I don't think anything that happens in this series should be a concern or not. The Spurs are going to sweep them. The Spurs, I would pay somebody a hundred bucks to bet, or I'd bet somebody a hundred, hundred to one odds right now that the Spurs sweep the Grizzlies, and I would take the Spurs. Um, so, well, yeah, I know, mean I, they're going to be. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't expect anything but you know me. I expect some twenty to thirty point games. I think that's about what the average will be in this series. I don't know what it's at right now. Um, I don't think there's much to be concerned about. Yeah, and I mean and you're right. They'll be more start up eleven. Yeah. Four, five, four minutes into the game. And, and would we expect it any different? I mean, we've seen this. We've seen this happen in game one. It could happen again today. And who knows if they win, they take home a court advantage. And, and that, that is when it all changes. And who knows? Uh, the, the news today, outside of these two games from last night, obviously that were just absolute bores uh, for the, for the, the general fan. But today, uh, we had some news outside of the, the, the off-the-court stuff. When it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, Tom Thibodeau is now going to be the head coach and, uh, and president of operations, a lot like what Stan Van Gundy's doing for the Detroit Pistons currently as they're playing in the playoffs. But for five year, a five-year deal, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's five-year, $50 million or something to that, $10 million, I don't know. Uh, the point is, is he the is going third. to be – it is absurd. Oh, it's not, there's no debate about it. Um, but, but the point is, is they have him, and they're also talking to the assistant GM of the San Antonio Spurs who could potentially take over Scott Layden as their GM as well. This Minnesota Timberwolves team is going for broke for the next five years. And like you've said and like I've said in the past, all they've needed is, is the right guys up top and the right front office, and this team could be the scariest team in the NBA in the Western Conference moving forward over the next five years at a, at a minimum. And I've said this, look, now that they've got the team put together and now that they have Tom Thibodeau in charge, if he does what we all expect him to do, which is make this team better and grow into the better defensive-minded team that they should become and the guys expand the way they should, this team should win a title. And if they don't win a title in the next five years, it would be a big disappointment with the teams that they have. Andrew, what's your take on the circumstance there in Minnesota and what's going on there? And also the, the Wizards thing going on with them trying to get Scotty Brooks. What's your take on all these coaching changes going on right now in the NBA, especially with what's going on in Minnesota? Well, I think Scotty Brooks is no more than an average basketball coach. Um, 
Yeah. You're seeing the problems with the Thunder right now with Billy Donovan are the exact same problems Scotty Brooks had. It's all ISO play, um, which is not John Wall's type of basketball. Um, so that doesn't make much sense to me. Uh, you look at the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Ricky Rubio, and, hey, uh, if they could have Henry, Hel- Henry Ellinson in the draft right this year, because they, they, if everything goes as planned, they have the fifth pick, that's, I mean, that's a scary starting five, man. Ricky, Levine, Wiggins, Ellinson, who I think is going to be a hell of an NBA player, and Carl Anthony Towns, that is, you know, yeah, your worst three point shooter is your point guard. <laughs> and he's he's improving. Um that it that that's a team I tweeted today that could be a dynasty down down the road. Don't throw that around lightly. That's a three title in a five year span deep. Um right. so I think Andrew Wiggins is the biggest key on how far that team can go. And I think Tom Tom Thibodeau with the defensive studs that Wiggins and Towns are is the perfect coach. Now, the interesting part is the GM, president of basketball operations guy. Stan Van Gundy might be the first one to be good at it. Honestly, he might be the first one to be good at it. Now, you're going to run into the problem of Tom Thibodeau has one of those huge egos. Um, Now, you just, the the Timberwolves basically are saying, all right, well, you think this guy's Stan Van Gundy and not Doc Rivers, and it's going to be, you can't predict the kind of thing. You've never seen him. You've never heard of the type of decisions he wants to make. You've never seen him, nothing. So this is, it's, you know, luck of the draw. It's what they heard in the interview, and they trust him enough to where they were uh, willing to go ahead and make that decision. I personally was really rooting for Jeff Van Gundy just because I want to see him back on an NBA sideline. Um, because I really do enjoy, I, I enjoy his commentary. I really, I can, I learn a lot from from Jeff Van Gundy. And he's really smart. Like, yeah, and his brother is my favorite guy in basketball, besides, you know, LeBron James. But <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's it's a great hire, a great hire. I mean, I, I say the price tag is outrageous just compared to others, but at the same time, it's not going against your cap, nothing. So it doesn't matter. Um, it's a great hire. And it, it'll it'll be interesting to see uh, how his player personnel moves work out because you know he's going to work out as a coach, especially with the type of players on the team. Exactly, and I feel like it's going to be the exact same thing. Uh, I, this is going to be a big experiment, except I really do feel like this experiment is going to work out in, in the in the Minnesota Timberwolves' favor. You're listening live to the Hoopers Log. We're going to be out of here in a moment, but I have one thing to say before we get out of here. It's going to be quick. Um, but Steph Curry made comments today about how he what, what was his quote? He made this quote about how he didn't necessarily feel like his uh, I have the quote right here on my phone. And he mentioned how his ankle he says he doesn't feel here. Here it is. He said he feels says based on how he feels now, he shouldn't play game three. We're in good enough shape either way without me. OK, Um First of all, people are saying this guy should be unanimous MVP. And look, we all know that he he is the, is probably the most he is the most exciting player in the NBA from the standpoint of he's a little guy who shoots incredibly awkward, uh, non uh, good quality shot type shots, and he makes them and they go in. They're incredible. They're very uh, they're very circus like shots. 
um, you know, very they're, – they're not the kind of shots you want your player to take if you had a generic basketball player. But he's now saying he shouldn't play in game three. Since when have you ever remembered an MVP candidate in the MVP – in the NBA saying that he shouldn't play because he doesn't think he's needed for his team to win? That right there does not spell MVP in my opinion. Now, I understand they're playing the Rockets. I understand they're 73-9. and nine. I understand they have an unbelievable team. But come on, man. When was the last time you heard LeBron James saying, ah, oh, my team doesn't need me in the first round? Are you serious right now? If they didn't have LeBron James in the first round against the Detroit Pistons right now, the Pistons might skunk the Cavs in the first quarter. I'm not even joking. They might go up 25-4 to four in the first quarter. That's how bad the Cavs need LeBron James. And LeBron James and the Cavs, if he wasn't on the Cavs right now, they'd get swept in the first round by the Pistons. We all know that would be the case, but yet a guy in Steph Curry who, you know, oh, he's, he's the best player in the league, or he's the this, he's the that. you got to be kidding me with comments like this. Andrew, what do you have to say before we get out there? Well, I don't know, I don't know if we'd sweep them, but I get your point. Um, now, I, I don't care as much about that aspect of it. As I just think it's funny that it's said – and we hear about, you know, Steph Curry's playing it smart. Steph Curry's doing this. And what pops in my head is, right? oh, my goodness, can you imagine what would be being said right now if LeBron James said, I probably shouldn't play for a second consecutive playoff game? Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, God. Especially when he, when he what did Kobe, everything in practice. His will to win what is Kobe there. Said what if, if Kobe, Kobe said that? Kobe what if Kobe said that? In his thing. Nobody's going to say his will to win isn't there because obviously the argument we got earlier today, um, your will to win is yeah. defined by making a face <laughs> and calling yourself the Black Mamba. Um, right. So I guess that's all you need to have a will to win. Um, but, you, you know, it's just this proves the point I was trying to make about media-driven things. If this is LeBron, he's a coward, he's gutless, he's weak, he's phony, he's not tough, but it's Steph, so he's smart. He's a real smart guy. Oh, did I mention his <laughs> wife like cook and that his daughter is super cute? Did I mention those things? That it, right, it, right. I mean, it's it's goofy. It's dumb. He, if he doesn't play, it's because his ankle hurts. Just like when LeBron got carried off the court, it's because he's a 6'8", 260-pound man who tr- imagine stepping on a leg that has a cramp with 260 pounds. Go ahead. Yeah. After yeah, playing 45 yeah. minutes of a basketball game, you go ahead and try that, and then we'll talk. Um, so, yes. You know, it, it, it's all media-driven. It's all silly. It's all just a bunch of nonsense. If he doesn't play, it's because he's hurt, not because he doesn't have a will to win. LeBron just drew it to Tobias Harris. Um, and it, it, it's it's just it's a it's a it's a load of nonsense. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I I feel like it's all just manipulative hype, but it bothers me to see that a guy who is being who's going to probably win back most more than likely win back to back MVPs, a guy in my opinion where if you took him off the team, the team would still I don't know if they win the title last year, but the team would definitely be, you know, a top team in the Western Conference still. They would be right now even without Steph Curry, they'd be a top 3 team in the West or top 2 team in the Western Conference. Maybe they don't get the 1 seed, but they get a top 2 Western Conference, you know, uh, spot. That's how good they still are without him. To me it's like 
MVP means if you took Russell Westbrook off the off the Thunder last year, they might not even win 20 games. If you took Russell, if you took Kevin Durant off the Thunder this year, they don't make the playoffs like last year. If you took, you know, if you took James Harden off the Rockets, they don't win 30 games. That's an MVP. Or Damian Lillard off the off the Blazers, they don't win 30 games without Damian Lillard. We, we well, you've seen how these teams operate, and it's just and it's just it's just crazy to think about. And that's where it's tricky. Um, you know, you're not gonna. You're. You don't want to hurt a player as far as the voting goes. You don't want to say no. A player's not an MVP because his team around him is great. But at the same time, how do you measure value? It, like the ultimate way to measure value is wins with and wins without. I mean, that's, that's how I define value. How much better is your team with you? then your team is without you. And it gets a little tricky because th- now we're punishing Steph Curry because he has a great roster around him, an unbelievable roster around him. Kind of like LeBron got punished in, in 2011 uh, when Derrick Rose won it because he had a great roster around him. LeBron should have been the MVP that year. You can't tell me any different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, dude, points, rebounds, assists steals, blocks, if all those things don't matter. But Derrick Rose! But it's Derrick Rose! He's flying to the rim! He's six feet tall! He's flying! He's gliding through the air! It's Derrick Rose! And I'll I tell you what, he also didn't leave his hometown team, so he must be the Ooh, other Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's what it is. So, I, I mean, it's, like, it, you, it's such a delicate balance between, you know, trying to define what valuable means in this case, and and you know, weighing it with stats and just looking at, okay, this guy's better, you know. Except for right. the top three player in the world, top four player in the world. It's not, you know, he's in some people's eye the best player in the world. Um, but he's, it's just such a delicate balance, and it it's going to go to who stole the crowd's attention while playing the best the most. That's what the MVP is. Yeah. If it was the most outstanding player, go ahead, give it to Steph Curry this year. Um, if it, but it is the most valuable player I can think of probably two or three guys that put ahead of him. But, you know, it's an argument we have probably two, three times a week that really holds no point because we know he's going to win it. I don't think he'll win it yeah. unanimously. I think there will probably be two or three votes that go the other way. I mean, you got to think, when LeBron won in 2012, uh, somebody, some clown voted for Carmelo Anthony. So it, yeah. it, it's, it's not going to be unanimous. It, it won't. There'll be somebody. There's voters who just straight up hate Steph Curry. <laughs> then you're yeah, crazy. Right. Voters, it's yeah. a personal agenda. That's all it is. Um, so it's not yeah. going to be unanimous. But again, it's kind of a pointless argument. And Andre Drummond is playing like a man today. He was not. Playing yeah, he like is. A man He's playing amazing. He is playing like a straight man today. Yeah, and with that being said, uh, the Hornets and Heat are still playing. Obviously, uh, these games have gotten underway as we're talking right now, and obviously the show went from 20 minutes to 30. Uh, Obviously, we got off off topic again, but that's totally fine. Not much to talk about from the night of basketball last night. Right now, the Heat are up 12 with about nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Uh, They're up 76-64, and the Pistons right now, as of I can see on my screen, they're up by 10 Almost 10, nine points right now, 26-17 with about two minutes left in the, in the first quarter. Uh, again, the Pistons getting off to another hot start and playing great basketball along with it. Um, and they're up 26-17, two minutes left to go. Exactly. They're, they're playing great right now. And, I mean, as a Pistons fan, you've got to be – even if they don't win this series or if they even make it a great series – you got to be more than excited, Andrew, out there in Detroit. This team is going to be something to watch over the next two, uh, five, 
five to six years, nothing but up from here. And this team is only going to get better as time, uh, uh, you know, makes them better with, with time. They're going to get that. They're just going to be great over the next couple of years. So watching this team is going to be fun. And obviously the nightcap tonight, trailblazers and Clippers, this is going to be a fun one from the standpoint of can the trailblazers make the adjustments and can they make the opportunity to tie this series up? They, they can do it. Will they do it? I don't think so. I don't know if they will, but if there's one thing we know about the LA Clippers, it is the fact that they are an organization and a franchise known to take steps back and they could potentially do it tonight. Will it happen? I don't think so. I don't think it will, but it could be an unbelievable game out there in Staples Center. Andrew, anything else you want to say before we get off the air? Go check out the hooperslog.com. Uh, we got some cool ideas for some articles coming up. He's doing Q and A's, uh, not only with, you know, ourselves, but with some writers, uh, writers, radio person, personalities, things along those yeah. lines. Try to get in touch with Terry Foster again. I would love the first one to be with him. Uh, you know, Mike, if you're listening, we want you to write for us. Um, you know, he, he's a very busy man with college and work, but I know he's a great writer. He used to write for my blog. So I just want to give him a shout-out, Michael Hicks. If you want to go follow him, I believe it's mhicks1994 on Twitter. Um, again, fun articles coming up. Uh, go check out the YouTube. Chris posted a great video explaining everything about whiteboard words and performances. Um, Chris being Chris, knowing how much he loves to talk, he made it nine and a half minutes. Uh, but that's just <laughs> Chris. Uh, you know, go follow us on Twitter. Talk people now. I gave examples. As I say every time before Chris takes it away, Yeah, and for the reason why it went nine and a half minutes is because I gave examples. But he's right. I like to talk. It happens. That's why the show, instead of going 20 minutes, it went 34 minutes today. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Thank you for checking out the show. Again, go through all those things Andrew just mentioned, obviously. And go check out the the Facebook page, too, if you do the Facebook thing. Uh, If you're listening to the Apple iTunes, uh, thank you again. 420 Hump Day. Yeah, 420. Some of you out there enjoying that today. As well, episode 122 is in the books. Episode 123 will be tomorrow. We'll recap all the games from today, the three games in the NBA, and any other breaking news or awards given out tomorrow. Peace, everybody. Have a good one. Enjoy the basketball.